0: Hello Guru Fateh, welcome to the SICKCAST. My name is Manfred Singh. Thank you for being here. Today we want to talk about our State of the Bunt reports and we're going to start with the first report titled Who is a SICK? And with me to discuss the report and its findings is Harinder Singh. Harinder Singh, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Hi, Guru Fateh, nice to be back again.
0: Nice to have you on.
1: So I know that uh,
0: the sick Research Institute has been doing uh, and working on um, some state of the bunch reports, and this was done, I think, in the last quarter of last year on uh, who is a sick. So, you know, uh, we want to get into this, but also give us a some of a background on why Sakri decided to do this. Um, what um, what are you guys trying to find out about the sick community, and why was it all started? And then we'll get into the report and its findings.
1: Sure, I think. Um... There were a few things happening within the community which have been going on, and what we are uh, deliberating on is that there are certain issues which are affecting either the whole of community globally. Uh, what we call uh, whether it's the homeland or diaspora six or whether people living in America versus Punjab, things of what you know, things like that. So there are issues which are affecting whole of the community or a very large section of the community. And these are the things where 95% of the Sikhs who otherwise are not aware of issues involving Sikh politics or certain Sikh religious affairs, so we thought, why don't we go after which thing? 95% of the community is affected by? And in there, whether they go to Gurdwara or not, whether they keep hair or not, but these are the things which are affecting all of us. So the idea was, can we create something which is not academic, but has academic rigor, but is for the community, so... Uh, things can be brought into the levels of average adherents through institutions, gurdwaras, and organizations, as well as individual Sikhs. So it had a two-pronged purpose. One was uh, to create a survey of within the Sikh tradition how what this how this issue can be discussed and thought about, and secondly, to create critical thinking within the organizations because uh, if we look at the community right now. Uh, There are probably about 200 or so organizations or Jathe which are influencing particular kinds of sex, and we wanted to create sort of a a mechanism, a dialogue, uh, things which they, they need to be thinking about to think on behalf of the community. So simply put, this is to know and grow the community to strengthen the bonds within the community with a sort of a best practices approach, best practices guide to grow the community.
0: And how did you guys go about uh getting individuals to respond to the survey?
1: Well, that was primarily done online. It was not a Twitter style or a quick thing. It's thought out questions with representative responses available. We hired uh one of the individuals who works with me on this report is uh, has a background and masters in conveying uh, designing and conducting surveys. But the way we so design part of the survey was very much in line with how surveys are supposed to be, not as something we're doing on the MIMP. And then it was done online, and the reason for that is this was the most optimized and least cost-effective, most cost-effective way to do it. Uh, But we did not prefer one platform or the other. It was pushed through the safety channels, and it was also pushed through the social media globally in major, large, wherever the top 10 sick populations or top 15 sick populations live in the world.
0: Great. And I just want to let everyone know that the report is available on the Sick Research Institute's website. So if you want to go along with our podcast, you want want the report in front of you as well, please feel free to go on sickre.org and download the report for yourself. In this report, you guys have it broken down. You guys talk about uh, wisdom, history, and uh, lifestyle. So Bani, Tavarik, Rath. And then you guys go into the survey. Uh, why was, why is this structure important? Um, and I and I really thought it was very important when I read it because it gave me it gave me exactly all the references, all the history behind what the guru said, what the contemporaries of the guru said, what Rat says. So it it is it is broken down pretty well. So why did you guys decide to do this? And also, let's talk about uh, these uh, three things: wisdom, history, and lifestyle in the report.
1: So, you know, the thing is that we wanted to do two things. If we are going to talk about how to look at development of the community for the next hundred years, we cannot be just referring to things which have been done in the past, but we need to know where we are coming from and how the dialogue has been moving along in each um, sort of uh, age or era or cultural milieu uh, within the 30-year cycles of the month. So the way to do that is, uh, the the Sikh narrative is what is called in Gurmat. And Gurmat, as we understand a Sikhish institute, we have broken it down to understand. uh, We broke it down into three areas. So what does the Guru Granth Sahib say about it and the secondary text related to the Sikh traditions? How was this practiced in the history in Guru period from 1469 to 1708? And then the Panth period, which started actually in 1699 to now. And then along with this, we also added Rahat, which actually means lifestyles, which loosely interpreted would mean how the contemporaries or the near contemporaries or people now or through legal structures in the last hundred or so years, how this issue is being dealt with. So it's, a, it's basically taking through a journey of how institutionally these ideas have come about within the Sikh faith. Uh, within the Barney tradition, within the historical traditions, uh, and as well as in lifestyle-slash-legal angles to all these issues. And then the second part of this is, what are people today thinking about this? So, what are six, and we obviously cannot survey all the six, but we want to tell you that it's almost 1,000 people in the survey, and just to put it in perspective, when there are surveys being done uh, which are talking about contemporary issues in America or other places, You know, they range from anywhere from 600 to 2,000 people. So statistically, we are in good shape to present some of the thoughts. We do know uh, that this is online audience. So yes, it is um, to present it from the people who are already engaged in one of the ways, which is the online platforms now. So the idea of survey was we need to understand what six are thinking these days. So the survey was designed from that angle as well. Who are the people who self-identify as Sikhs? Where do they? Where are they located? What is roughly their age group? What is roughly their gender? So that's the demographics of the survey, which we repeat in each survey. And then there are questions regarding what Sikhhi elements are. So in this case, who is a Sikh? We looked at how community looks at who the Sikhs are. Not just what Gurbani or gurmat says, but the contemporary understanding or practice of. So we ask those questions. So first part is taking through the journey of how this identity has been developed from the guru period onwards, uh, both in ideas and practice, and then looking at what are Sikhs thinking in this case in 2017, end of 2017, and then looking at all that and presenting the recommendations for individual Sikhs as to how they can grow their own understandings, and secondly, uh, creating some... Um, critical thought among institutions that how do you think on behalf of the whole of the community and not just the kind of six you either interact with or proclaim to represent? So let's talk
0: about Bani a little because you have, you have,
1: I guess, uh, some
0: lines, uh, from Guru Granth here, from ranging from Guru Amr Ji, Guru Ram Kabir Kabirji, and let's talk about. Why you pick those lines? I mean, even the biggest one, I guess, or uh, the most uh, that takes up its own page is uh, when Guru uh, Ramdashi explains, in a physical sense and in practice, who is a Sikh. And I think this is the one that's actually uh, referenced the most in my—I mean, as much as I know, or as much as I've been around the Sangat, this is the one that references the most. So uh, maybe let's uh, let's start with that, and then we'll go into the other two sections.
1: Sure. So the purpose of citing Gurbani is that this is something which is uncontested among the Sikhs. So we need to understand how it, the idea of a Sikh is presented, and then the lifestyles of the Sikh as well. So in the, the, the Shabbat you are referencing, it is Guru Ram Das Pashay, and it is actually quite uh, well known. And the one of our reasons to actually include the whole Shabbat was, to understand how it is being presented. So, you know, when we today discuss who's a Sikh, we automatically get to uh, not the self-identification of a Sikh or self-accountability of a Sikh, but rather somebody else deciding whether somebody is a Sikh or not. In this case, Guru Ramdas Bhasha starts by saying, if you call or the one who calls himself or herself a Sikh of the Guru, this is what they do. So the onus is left on the individual that if you're saying I'm a Sikh, then do you do all these things are the kind of questions we would ask. And it was very important for us to mention the whole Shabbat because its opening is directly about creating self-accountability or onus into the individuals themselves. So this then talks about what the individual does who says who he or she is a sick. They get up uh, in the morning, uh, they practice nam. Uh they obviously physically are cleaning themselves, but more importantly they're also cleaning themselves mentally and spiritually, um throughout the day, this kind of a process is being mentioned as to uh, this individual not only just inspires himself or herself, but is working to inspire others as well through the culture of Naam. So there's a connection of a Sikh with the Guru and Sikh with the Naam. And these are the two biggest things which are available to us in Gurbani, that without the Guru and Naam, uh, there really is, in the absence of Guru or Naam, can there be a Sikh is what we are asking them. Through this
0: uh, Shabbat. And one thing I didn't uh, I didn't know at all but uh, I, I want you to touch on that because when I read it I was uh, surprised um, you know it's when uh, Guru Amr speaks of how intact physical appearance is aligned with devotion of divine and what you have from Guru Granth Sahib is which is on page 1419 those who remain in Guru's submission their beards are truly respectful those who speak and earn truth. Their faces and beards are truly respectful. I did not know this of uh, Guru Amadashi and uh, this particular line. Um, I'm sure a lot of people don't. Uh, why? Why is this included in here as well?
1: Well, because the line before that we are citing that this is not just about physical identities. In uh, and if we only have physical identity without a relationship with the Guru or a behavior which Guru expects, then those are not recognized either. And that's the line before that. So. Uh, when when we say how what is what is one way to present this so one way to present this is let me just first come to the line you mentioned, and that line actually in original Gurmukhi says lagan, and then the last line which we mentioned in there is kamahe. so the point is if there is no idea of such within the life then nothing is such, including the outward uh, appearance. But if you have this internal development, you have this relationship, intense loving relationship with the Guru and Divine, then these are beautiful. And and so we included these because there is a debate in the community regarding external and internal. And what we were trying to get at was that Pagat Kabirji says, if you are operating in duality and you do not have the love for the one, so whether you gray hair whether you grow long hair or not, or shave your head, it doesn't really matter in the absence of love. So that was the line we quoted before, and then we quoted this, to get out of this sort of a, you know, sort of um, bipolar thing we have created in the community, that is this necessary or is this not necessary? And what we are saying is if you really want to grow as a Sikh and community, then we must understand where this is coming from. And so the idea of identity is, are coming out of some much larger ideas, which is a culture of Nam, culture of oneness, where Guru plays a role to develop us in that Nam and love. And those who are developing, when they adhere to the external uh, articles of faith or dadis and case and the five case eventually, then they are meaningful. And without that development, then these become uh, ritualistic at best and ceremonial at best. And Gurus have actually used much harsher word. They said, you become a pretender. So things of that nature are available.
0: Okay, so let's go to the next one, which is uh, we talk, you guys get into the history. So Tavarik is in here, and uh, there's a lot of stuff about uh, governance. Um, I see things from even the Rath Maradha in here. Uh, Dive into, explain a little bit about the history part. So history.
1: What we get into is it's most important to understand then, uh, you know, what was the need for a Sikh, you know, because there's a lot of debate about that. And we said, well, according to Guru Granth Sahib, let's look at it. Guru Nanak started this as a new Raj, you know, which is a foundation for a new egalitarian society. So if you are going to become a follower of Guru Nanak Sahib, then you're furthering his governance ideas. And if you're furthering his governance ideas, gurus are building institutions because they don't want to change the realities of the world. And in those realities, those who are joining this revolution, this caravan, this Raj, institution building is going on by each of the gurus. And as institutions are being developed to further this Raj, there are protocols and criterias being established, because when the numbers grow, when there's organizations being developed, there's a rule, you know, what we today would call there's a vision comes, and there's a mission, and there are objectives, and as you grow, then you have more protocols. So that's the journey we are taking through there, that from Guru Nanak Patsha onwards, how did the this who is a Sikh gets developed within the Guru period, and when the Khalsa comes about, what is being mentioned, and from Guru period onwards, uh, uh, this idea of pretentiousness, because we mentioned earlier, even Pai Gurdas listed, that by the time Guru Arjan Sahib came and uh, the Guru Hargobind Pasha came, people started to now copy the Gurus. They started to look like the Gurus. They started wearing beards and moustaches, and they started wearing particular kind of dresses that the Guru would wear, but Guru, Pai Guru, the Haji, right, but they don't follow the Guru. And they were called the Minas, the followers of Prithi Chan, who actually was against the Gurus. So the reason we are taking through the journey is because today we are facing the similar issues. You know, the debate eventually becomes about people without the behavior might have the uh, outlook, and people without the outlook might have the behavior, and we keep debating which one is a sick. Whereas through this journey, what we are learning is that without the commitment to the gurus, without the internal development, just externalizations are also hypocritical. And similarly, those who do not join the sick caravan without developing themselves, they are also not in that framework to be claiming to be Sikhs so this journey helps because we know this debate was happening at the time of guru Hargobind sahib as well and as the debate continues today but outside of that we also got into then 100 years ago when we first started having this ideas of you know these different definitions which we now use or the words whether somebody's amrit Tari, whether somebody's kes tari, Sahaj Tari. and there is a huge section we session we uh, devoted to understand these words that how they are not really just about uh, Sikh identities, but there is a politics around all of these words and how they got introduced and changed and legalized and manipulations in the last hundred years of Indian laws. So it is important for people to understand that these are not just the terms, their meanings are not just as we understand them today. They had a particular meaning, but how they have been what we would today call uh, misappropriated or reappropriated as well.
0: Yeah, you guys mentioned Amritaris in here and also Sad And I want to get to Sajdaris too, because it's been uh, misconstrued. Uh, and I know uh, that you guys referenced uh, Mahan Kosh in there. But even Amritaris, we mentioned the 1984 sixth genocide in here. And, you know, any knowledge of Amritaris who are dangerous people and pledged to commit murders, arson, or acts of terrorism should be immediately brought to the notice of authorities these people may appear harmless from the outside, but they're basically committed to terrorism. In the interest of all of us, their identity and whereabouts must always be disclosed." And this was happening, this is a direct quote I'm reading uh, from the report, um, that how, uh, you know, how, I don't wanna say afraid, but how they portrayed Amar Six, and, you know, they misconstrued Amar as well, uh, just to prosecute Six in 84. Um, And you guys decided to, and I know you mentioned that here, what was the significance of mentioning exactly that, especially 1984?
1: Because in this section, we are talking about how the terms are changed, used, reappropriated or appropriated or used as targets, not just within the community, but outside the community. And partly within this report, we are also exploring, we had asked a question in the survey, whether how people identify or self-identify as Sikhs, is it just because they're born in a Sikh family or whether they, uh, they have a political connection through Kalu or 1984 identities or it has to do with because they have, they follow Guru Granth Sab or it has to do with because they have taken Amrath or Khandeki Paul or gone through the initiation ceremony. So it was to contextualize that, that there is a section of community which identifies as a Sikh because of the atrocities against the Sikhs, which culminated in 1984.
0: Great. Let's talk uh, real quickly on, uh, because these are the terms used in the community, case study and sad study, and you also have a picture of a sad study Sikh from Mahankosh. Please talk about that.
1: So, originally, you know, these words had different meaning, and this is why we included the evidence uh, that, for example, case study Mahankosh was, you know, in the making for, you know, 15 plus years, and when it was completed in its physical form in 1930, there's a picture of different kinds of Sikhs, and the the way they showed Sajstari Sikh in 1930 was somebody today who looks like we will say some people you know he has a beard he has a turban uh, it is a male picture uh, so today that word is Kastari word is uh, we would probably call them K-tari's. Uh but the term used there is a Sati. And Saj now when we use the term, again there's a politics of that word in how when SGPC, which is the larger body of the six which controls Punjab and a couple of other states, when DSGMC split from it, which is a Delhi based committee, how they changed this definition in Gurdwara Access has been changed. All I'm trying all we wanted people to know here was that these terms which float out there, their original intent was all about growth, internal growth and external commitments to the guru, but now these terms are used more politically within the community as well as by the governments who interfere with the Sikh affairs. That's one of the uh, impressions we wanted to take into the individual Sikhs as well as the Sikh organizations who do not fully appreciate that the, the original intent of all these terms was growth and development, not how they're used possibly and potentially as discriminatory factors or uh, sort of uh, divide and rule sort of uh, politics which uh, uh community gets involved in.
0: And then moving on to that, we have, uh, you have quotes from Pai in here, Pai Desa Singh in his Ratnama, which I did not know about. And of course we have, uh, you know, what, what's in the Ratmirada. So, you know, I, I want to, I, we haven't done a podcast on the Ratmirada, but I want uh, you to just touch upon the Rat Mirada, the importance of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I know for some reason, I don't know how this came up and maybe I'm just realizing it now, but it was probably debated for so many years. People actually debate the Rat Mirada too. So, but I know we have uh, references to the Rat Mirada in here. Could you just please talk about that, the importance of it, how the punts came together to make the Rat Mirada, and then what they decided the terms, uh, what, what the sick lifestyle should be actually. Uh, moving forward?
1: So lifestyle essentially means, you know, it's coming from the word Rahat, and Rahat is not limited to Sikhat Maryada, but Sikh Rahat Maryada is one of the documents of the um, middle of the 20th century. Before that, this was, uh, there were articulations by individual Sikhs who were either contemporaries or near contemporaries of Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj who had witnessed initiation ceremonies and in their own ways recorded these, and they were called Rahat Namas. Eventually, they were consolidated in the middle of 20th century. 1945 is when it was implemented. Uh, because remember, in 20th century, uh, and this is something we stress quite a bit in the report as well, that the word definition is being imported into Sikh vocabulary, uh, paribhasha, as we will say in Punjabi, uh, because uh, early 20th century, everything is getting legalized and codified. So whatever the law of the land says, or law of the people says, or the code says, I mean, the codes existed before, but now it is through what we call, you know, um, legislations, essentially. So there is a democracy coming to India. There's a confrontation There's colonialism. So there is good, bad, and ugly packaged with whatever is happening at the time, thoughts of the time. People sit down and they articulate, who are we? Once they cleaned up, uh, the Gurdwaras, they uh, reformed the Gurdwaras from the Mahans and the British government. So Sikrat Maryada is that document. Uh, whether we like it or not, it is still the only document where multiplicity of Sikhs have worked on and produced and adopted, which eventually SGPC published and Sri Akal Takht followed. Since then, there have been at least two other standardized versions which have been produced, but those are both written by one individual or one organization. So the importance is that whenever something happens globally of significance, this is one of the uh, documents which gets cited because of its uh, the serious attempt, the nature of the attempt uh, done about 100 years ago, the level of consultancies they held, as well as about 13 years of redrafting and opinion-seeking before finalizing in 1945. So that's why Sikharat mariada has mentioned quite a bit, along with other Rahat is to show that uh, there has been a development of Kodi Kodi codes among Sikhs from the Guru period onwards. And now uh, it's not just the Sikh Rahat but depending on where you live in the world, primarily within India, where 80% of the Sikh population lives, that there are other definitions which are being used, which we shared as well. For example, in Delhi Gurdwara Parabandhan Committee, and since then how the different the, the Gurdwara Act in India... Has also changed the definitions at will, which by the way is something else uh, similar stuff is happening globally because whenever because no there is no sort of uh, authority in the diaspora other than whenever there's a conflict, people still go to s g p c or akal taksab, which eventually refers to Sakra Maryada. Uh, so this is why this is the uh, major running document uh, even though some people contest it, I should say few contested but there is nothing which is parallel to that document which exists today.
0: Yeah, because, you know, the Rath when it said, when I first read it, it tells you who is a Sikh, and you guys laid that out as well, according to the Sikh Rath and then I didn't know. I mean, I knew about it, but I haven't read, uh, you know, the Kudwara Act of 1971, uh, where you have, you know, who is a Sikh and what they should do and and not do, I guess. Uh, so, like you said, there's many interpretations of it. So I'm glad we all put this in the report. And now let's get to the report. Let's get and talk about what uh, the the over 900 people and from the volunteer volunteered all over the world, uh, what their responses were. Uh, so let's get into that. What 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 were the findings?
1: Well, the findings are uh, pretty interesting. Uh, they are not exclusive. So what that means is they're not mutually exclusive. We basically wanted to know what are people thinking. And by the way, of the survey results, uh, although there were 938 people who report uh, who responded to this particular survey, we only included 879 because they self-identified at six. As, as a team, we decided this was important to include only the opinions of those who identify as six. If they don't identify as six, then we'll be jarring the opinions. Uh, there were 29 countries, so basically... It, uh, although our target remains the larger diaspora plus homeland, which is India plus 15 other countries, but we actually went way beyond 15 countries when people responded to it, which is also good to know. So what we learned was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, first thing I want to mention about what they said was most of them thought uh, that uh, about 40% said that they're descendant of a sick family. If If somebody is born in a sick family, they are a sick. Then, then 85% said if they follow the sick faith, if they're an adherent of the sick faith, then they are a sick. Then so about 40%, 43%, they actually said if they are an initiated member, which is what we will today use a term like Amrathari to describe that initiated sick, they are sick. And then about 25% said um, they are a sick because they identify with the uh, political campaigns or genocidal killing against the sick since eighteenth century now, so what 's imp- and interesting is at minimum even so there's a political identity of a sick and twenty five percent believed and these are not mutually exclusive, which means you can select all four if you want, but at least twenty five people thought twenty five percent thought that political identity matters as well, and forty percent felt that your biologically being born in a sick family matters uh Then almost 40% said that you taking an active choice, your allegiance to the guru by taking amrit matters. But overwhelming majority said 85% that if you follow the Sikh faith, if you're an adherent of the Sikh faith, that's what makes you a Sikh, which is roughly in line with the Gurma tradition. You know, you may contest what does it mean to follow, but in spirit, it is roughly in line with the Gurma tradition, which incorporates all of them, but that you must follow the teachings. That's what makes you a Sikh. And the raw data of all this is available. It is all open. If you go to org report, there's a raw data file. You can look at it, which explains. You can look into which countries and which age groups and which gender. Uh, we actually are being very inclusive in all these. So we also said if you don't want to answer whether you're a male or female or you're a gender variant or you prefer not to answer, these things imp- are important because they also tell us how we are trying to incorporate all self-identifying sex, even if certain section of the community does not identify them to be a sick. So we have taken great pains to understand these things in different age groups. Uh, The largest age group, which participated in this, about 33%, uh, were the people who were between 26 and 39. And then the second largest was 40 to 60. Third largest was 60-year-old, and the fourth largest was 19 to 25. So point in sharing that is there were about 3% under 18, but... Pretty much 97, 96% of the people who responded to this were people who are what we will today call the majority age, which means 18 plus. And the overwhelming majority were people who are between the ages of 26 and 60. So almost two-thirds of the people who participated are in the position to make these willful decisions or thinkings on their own. This is another good thing to know that we are capturing those people.
0: Pretty interesting and so now we have the results. Now we have findings. You do have a, a page dedicated to recommendations. And so let's close out with, you know, what do we what do we get out of this report? What did um, what did we did we accomplish what we wanted out of this report? And also, what can we recommend at a personal level and also at an institutional level moving forward with our findings?
1: Sure so uh, the recommendations are pretty clear because we are not here to tell because we are not in the community we want to bring the community to the level where these things can be thought about at a much in a in a civil inclusive and progressive manner while maintaining the ideas of the guru the gurmat so the recommendations we did is that the definition cannot really capture everything but what can happen is that there is a circular spectrum which a sikh goes through in terms of their developments so instead of placing judgment, which is misguided, let's work towards growing the whole of the community, regardless of what the legal ramifications are, uh, within India especially. So what our recommendation was pretty clear, that at a personal level, we need, each individual needs to recognize that there is a complexity when it comes to clearly defining who the six is. And at the same time, we must start acknowledging all self-identified six, regardless of their current journey. At institutional level, our two recommendations were that uh, institutions really need to think about how to serve all Sikhs, um, regardless of their gender, age, or diverse identities. And what we mean by that is uh, most Jathe Bandis are able to think just to their level of their kind of Sikhs, whereas if you want to work or speak or write or do whatever on behalf of the Sikhs, then you must understand different identities within the Sikh community and second is, specifically for people who represent Sikhs, that they really need to understand uh, and come up with more criterias which are role-based rather than their preference based on uh, spiritual or religious identities only. Um, so those are the two things uh, for the institutional level we are recommending. Great. Now,
0: really appreciate this report. I love that you guys have all the references in Guru Ganthab. And all those other, uh, books and uh, other sources that you guys cited. Um, so this is great, uh, great report. At least it gives us a good foundation on moving forward and how to deal with, uh, sick issues as a community. Um, any final thoughts, Arinder?
1: Sure. So the purpose of the report was not to be exhaustive, as I said earlier, but to raise the level of conversation, uh, and to bring it in a, sort of a long format, and not an uh, academic report, but a report where people can make sense of and understand how the Sikh identity developed over the years in the 550 years of Sikhi. And what we concluded what concluded is the wrong thing, where we were able to end with, I should say, is that based on our understandings, Sikh Sikh's journey, uh, we wrote that at the end, actually, a Sikh journey is to become the Sikh of the Guru, and that is demonstrated with Gurmat approach of mindset, behavior, and appearance. So we basically are saying, unless there is a culmination of these three things, mindset, behavior, and appearance, uh, and if you only focus on one of these three, then you'll be fighting about who's a sick and who's not. When we agree that it's a culmination of these three, then almost all self-identifying six who are working to get better themselves in these three areas, they all become six.
0: Great. Thank you for that. And I would also like, you know, we also have another report out um, that you guys could also check out, everyone that's listening. Another State of the Punts report on an the sick marriage. Uh, Harinder and I will be back uh, later on in, in the upcoming weeks to do a podcast on that. Um, Harinder, so what else is going on at the Research Institute? Any events, uh, any other reports coming out that uh, the listeners could look forward to?
1: Sure. So on the state of the panth report, our commitment is roughly one a quarter. The second one, as you mentioned, was already out a couple of months ago on marriage, and you and I will discuss that in a couple of weeks. Uh, third one we are working on, which is due to be published before this quarter ends, is on Gurdwaras. Uh, So that's another one to look forward to. We already finished the survey and the drafting and the external reviewers, which I didn't mention earlier. We actually are having these reports reviewed by people outside of Sikri, and then we conduct our internal reviews again, and then we publish it. So that's the next report on the Gurdwaras. Uh, outside of that, I would say the biggest thing is Siddhak. Uh, Siddhak 2018 is end of July, for last week of July, and first week of August. Uh, those of between the ages of 18 and 40 are interested in investing two weeks here of their time to learn and develop yourself as a Sikh and become a representative of any manner, or an activist of any kind, or to go serve in sick capacities, we highly, highly recommend you come. Uh, this is uh, two weeks out of your 52 weeks. If you are interested in investing that time, please go to uh, Sidak.org. And um, we hope to see you in British, uh, beautiful British Columbia this summer.
0: Great, Harinder. Thank you for uh, sharing the support with us and all the ideas of it. Appreciate your time. Uh, if anyone... Once again, if anyone wants to read these reports and see what Sikri is up to, please log on to Sikri.org. You can download these reports and other material that we have uh, for your references. Harinder, once again, thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, Talk to you soon. Guru Pate. Guru Pate.